0: Part One of Salve Deus Rex Uderum. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. Salve Deus Rex Uderum, containing the Passion of Christ, Eve's Apology in Defense of Women, the Tears of the Daughters of Jerusalem, the Salutation and Sorrow of the Virgin Mary. With divers other things not unfit to be read. Written by Mistress Amelia Lanyer, wife to Captain Alfonso Lanyer, servant to the King's Majesty. At London, printed by Valentine Sims for Richard Bunyan, and are to be sold at his shop in Paul's Churchyard, at the sign of the Fleur de Luce and Crown. Sixteen eleven. Part one. To the Queen's Most Excellent Majesty. Renowned Empress, and Great Britain's Queen, most gracious mother of succeeding kings, Vouchsafe to view that which is seldom seen, A woman's writing of divinest things. Read it, fair queen, though it defective be, Your excellence can grace both it and me. For you have rifled nature of her store, And all the goddesses have dispossessed Of those rich gifts which they enjoyed before. But now, great queen, in you they all do rest. If now they strive for the golden ball, Paris would give it you before them all. From Juno you have state and dignities, from warlike palace, wisdom, fortitude, and from fair Venus all her excellencies, with their best parts your highness is endued. How much are we to honour those that springs from such rare beauty in the blood of kings! The muses do attend upon your throne, with all the artists at your beck and call, the sylvan gods and satyrs every one before your fair triumphant chariot fall and shining Cynthia with her nymphs attend to honour you, whose honour hath no end. From your bright sphere of greatness where you sit, reflecting light to all those glorious stars that wait upon your throne, to virtue yet vouchsafe that splendour which my meanness bars, be like fair Phoebe, who doth love to grace the darkest night with her most beauteous face. Apollo's beams do comfort every creature, and shines upon the meanest things that be, since in a state and virtue none is greater, I humbly wish that yours may light on me. That so these rude, unpolished lines of mine, graced by you, may seem the more divine. Look in this mirror of a worthy mind, where some of your fair virtues will appear. Though all it is impossible to find, unless my glass were crystal or more clear, which is dim steel, yet full of spotless truth, and for one look from your fair eyes it sooth. Here may your sacred majesty behold that mighty monarch both of heaven and earth, he that all nations of the world controlled, yet took our flesh in base and meanest birth, whose days were spent in poverty and sorrow, and yet all kings their wealth of him do borrow. For he is crown and crowner of all kings, the hopeful haven of the meaner sort. It is he that all our joyful tidings brings of happy reign within his royal court it is he that in extremity can give comfort to them that have no time to live. And since my wealth within his region stands, and that his cross my chiefest comfort is, yea in his kingdom only rests my lands, of honour there I hope I shall not miss. Though I on earth do live unfortunate, yet there I may attain a better state. In the meantime, except, most gracious queen, this holy work, virtue presents to you, in poor apparel shaming to be seen, or once to peer in your judicial view, but that fair virtue, though in mean attire, all princes of the world do most desire. And sith all royal virtues are in you, the natural, the moral, and divine, I hope how plain soever, being true, you will accept even of the meanest line fair virtue yields, by whose rare gifts you are so highly graced to exceed the fairest fair. Behold, great queen, fair Eve's apology, which I have writ in honour of your sex, and do refer unto your majesty, to judge if it agree not with the text. And if it do, why are poor women blamed, or by more faulty men so much defamed? And this great lady I have here attired, in all her richest ornaments of honour, that you, fair queen, of all the world admired, may take the more delight to look upon her, for she must entertain you to this feast to which your highness is the welcomed guest. For here I have prepared my paschal lamb the figure of that living sacrifice who dying all th infernal powers o'ercam that we with him to eternity might rise. This precious passover feed upon, O queen, let your fair virtues in my glass be seen. And she that is the pattern of all beauty, the very model of your majesty, whose rarest parts enforceth love and duty, the perfect pattern of all piety, O let my book by her fair eyes be blest, in whose pure thoughts all innocency rests. Then shall I think my glass a glorious sky, when two such glittering suns at once appear, the one replete with sovereign majesty, both shining brighter than the clearest clear. And both reflecting comfort to my spirits, To find their grace so much above my merits, Whose untuned voice the doleful notes doth sing, Of sad affliction and an humble strain, Much like unto a bird that wants a wing, And cannot fly but warbles forth her pain, Or he that, barred from the sun's bright light, Wanting day's comfort, doth commend the night. So I that live closed up in sorrow's cell, Since great Eliza's favour blest my youth, and in the confines of all cares do dwell whose grieved eyes no pleasure ever viewed and in the confines of all cares do dwell whose grieved eyes no pleasure ever vieweth but in christ's suffering such sweet taste they have as makes me praise pale sorrow and the grave and this great lady whom i love and honour and from my very tender years have known this holy habit still to take upon her still to remain the same and still her own and what our fortunes do enforce us to, she of devotion and mere zeal doth do. Which makes me think our heavy burden light, when such a one as she will help to bear it, treading the paths that make our way go right, what garment is so fair but she may wear it, especially for her that entertains a glorious queen in whom all worth remains? Whose power may raise my sad dejected muse from this low mansion of a troubled mind? whose princely favour may such grace infuse, that I may spread her virtues in like kind. But in the trial of my slender skill, I wanted knowledge to perform my will. For even as they that do behold the stars, not with the eye of learning, but of sight, to find their motions want of knowledge bars, although they see them in their brightest light, so, though I see the glory of her state, it's she that must instruct and elevate.' my weak, distempered brain and feeble spirits, which all unlearned have adventured, this to write of Christ and of his sacred merits, desiring that this book her hands may kiss, and though I be unworthy of that grace, yet let her blessed thoughts this book embrace. And pardon me, fair queen, though I presume to do that which so many better can, not that I learning to myself assume, or that I would compare with any man, but as they are scholars, and by art do right, so nature yields my soul a sad delight. And since all arts at first from nature came, That goodly creature, mother of perfection, Whom Jove's almighty hand at first did frame, Taking both her and hers in his protection, Why should not she now grace my barren muse, And in a woman all defects excuse? So peerless princess humbly I desire, that your great wisdom would vouchsafe to met all faults, and pardon if my spirits retire, leaving to aim at what they cannot hit, to write your worth, which no pen can express, were but to eclipse your fame and make it less. TO THE LADY ELIZABETH'S GRACE Most gracious lady, fair Elizabeth, whose name and virtues put us still in mind of her, of whom we are deprived by death, the phoenix of her age, Whose worth did bind all worthy minds So long as they have breath, In links of admiration, love, and zeal, To that dear mother of our commonweal. Even you, fair princess, Next our famous queen, I do invite unto this wholesome feast, Whose goodly wisdom, though your years be green, By such good works may daily be increased, Though your fair eyes far better books have seen, Yet being the first fruits of a woman's wit, Vouchsafe your favour in accepting it. TO ALL VIRTUOUS LADIES IN GENERAL. Each blessed lady that in virtue spends your precious time to beautify your souls, come wait on her whom winged fame attends, and in her hand the book where she enrolls those high deserts that majesty commends. Let this fair queen not unattended be, when in my glass she deigns herself to see. Put on your wedding garments every one, the bridegroom stays to entertain you all. Let virtue be your guide. For she alone can lead you right that you can never fall. And make no stay for fear he should be gone, But fill your lamps with oil of burning zeal, That to your faith he may his truth reveal. Let all your robes be purple, scarlet white, Those perfect colors purest virtue wore, Come decked with lilies that did so delight To be preferred in beauty far before Why Solomon in all his glory dight, Whose royal robes did no such pleasure yield As did the beauteous lily of the field. Adorn your temples with fair Daphne's crown, The never-changing laurel always green. Let constant hope all worldly pleasures drown, In wise Minerva's paths be always seen, Or with bright Cynthia, though fair Venus frown, With Aesop crown the posts of every door, Where sin would riot, making virtue poor. And let the Muses your companions be, Those sacred sisters that on Pallas wait, whose virtues with the purest minds agree, whose godly labours do avoid the bait of worldly pleasures, living always free from sword, from violence, and from ill-report, to those nine worthies all fair minds resort. Anoint your hair with Aaron's precious oil, and bring your palms of victory in your hands, to overcome all thoughts that would defile the earthly circuit of your soul's fair lands. Let no dim shadows your clear eyes beguile sweet odors, myrrh, gum, aloes, frankincense, present that king who died for your offence. Behold bright Titan's shining chariot stays, all decked with flowers of the freshest hue, attended on by age, hours, nights, and days, which alters not your beauty, but gives you much more, and crowns you with eternal praise. This golden chariot wherein you must ride, let simple doves and subtle serpents guide. Come swifter than the motion of the sun, to be transfigured with our loving Lord. Lest glory, and what grace in you begun, of heavenly riches make your greatest hoard. In Christ all honour, wealth, and beauty's won, by whose perfections you appear more fair than Phoebus, if he seven times brighter were. God's holy angels will direct your doves, and bring your serpents to the field of rest, where he doth stay that purchased all your loves in bloody torments, when he died oppressed. There shall you find him in those pleasant groves of sweet Elysium by the Well of Life, whose crystal springs do purge from worldly strife. Thus may you fly from dull and sensual earth, whereof at first your bodies form it were, that new regenerate in a second birth your blessed souls may live without all fear, being immortal, subject to no death, but in the eye of heaven so highly placed that others by your virtues may be graced. Where, worthy ladies, I will leave you all? desiring you to grace this little book yet some of you methinks i hear to call me by my name and bid me better look lest unawares i in an error fall in general terms to place you with the rest whom fame commends to be the very best tis true i must confess o noble fame there are a number honoured by thee of which some few thou didst recite by name and willed my muse they should remembered be Wishing some would their glorious trophies frame, which, if I should presume to undertake, my tired hand for very fear would quake. Only by name I will bid some of those that in true honour's seat have long been placed. Yea, even such as thou hast chiefly chose, by whom my muse may be the better graced. Therefore, unwilling longer time to lose, I will invite some ladies that I know, but chiefly those as thou hast graced so. To the Lady Lucy, COUNTESS OF BEDFORD Methinks I see fair virtue ready stand, To unlock the closet of your lovely breast, Holding the key of knowledge in her hand, Key of that cabin where yourself doth rest. To let him in, by whom her youth was blest, The true love of your soul, your heart's delight, Fairer than all the world in your clear sight. He that descended from celestial glory, To taste of our infirmities and sorrows, whose heavenly wisdom read the earthly story of frail humanity which his godhead borrows. Lo, here he comes all stuck with pale death's arrows, in whose most precious wounds your soul may read salvation, while he, dying Lord, doth bleed. You whose clear judgment far exceeds my skill, vouchsafe to entertain this dying lover, the ocean of true grace, whose streams do fill all those with joy that can his love recover, about this blessed ark bright angels hover, Where your fair soul may sure and safely rest, When he is sweetly seated in your breast. There may your thoughts as servants to your heart, Give true attendance on this lovely guest, While he doth to that blessed bower impart Flowers of fresh comforts, deck that bed of rest, With such rich beauties as may make it blest. And you in whom all rarity is found, May be with his eternal glory crowned. TO THE LADY ANNE COUNTESS OF DORSET To you I dedicate this work of grace, this frame of glory which I have erected. For your fair mind I hold the fittest place where virtue should be settled and protected. If highest thoughts true honour do embrace, and holy wisdom is of them respected, then in this mirror let your fair eyes look, to view your virtues in this blessed book. Blessed by our Saviour's merits, not my skill, which I acknowledge to be very small, Yet if the least part of his blessed will I have performed, I count I have done all. One spark of grace sufficient is to fill our lamps with oil, ready when he doth call to enter with the bridegroom to the feast, where he that is the greatest may be least. Greatness is no sure frame to build upon, no worldly treasure can assure that place. God makes both even the cottage with the throne, all worldly honors there are counted base. Those he holds dear and reckneth as his own. Whose virtuous deeds by his especial grace hath gained his love, his kingdom, and his crown, Whom in the book of life he hath set down. Titles of honour which the world bestows to none but to the virtuous belong, As beauteous bowers where true worth should repose, And where his dwelling should be built most strong. But when they are bestowed upon her foes, Poor virtue's friends endure the greatest wrong, For they must suffer all indignity, Until in heaven they better graced be what difference was there when the world began was it not virtue that distinguished all all sprang but from one woman and one man then how doth gentry come to rise and fall or who is he that very rightly can distinguish of his birth or tell at all in what mean state his ancestors have been before some one of worth did honour win whose successors although they bear his name possessing not the riches of his mind how do we know they spring out of the same true stock of honour, being not of that kind? It is fair virtue gets immortal fame, tis that doth all love and duty bind. If he that much enjoys doth little good, we may suppose he comes not of that blood. Nor is he fit for honour or command if base affections overrules his mind, or that self-will doth carry such a hand as worldly pleasures have the power to blind, so as he cannot see, nor understand, how to discharge that place to him assigned. God's stewards must for all the poor provide, if in God's house they purpose to abide. To the Lady Margaret, Countess Dowager of Cumberland. Right honourable and excellent lady, I may say with St. Peter, silver nor gold have I none but such as I have that I give you, for having neither rich pearls of India, no fine gold of Arabia, nor diamonds of inestimable value, neither those rich treasures, aromatical gums, incense, and sweet odours which were presented by those kingly philosophers to the babe Jesus. I present unto you even our Lord Jesus himself, whose infinite value is not to be comprehended within the weak imagination or wit of man. And as St. Peter gave health to the body, so I deliver you the health of the soul, which is this most precious pearl of all perfection, this rich diamond of devotion, this perfect gold growing in the veins of that excellent earth of the most blessed paradise, wherein our second adam had his restless habitation the sweet incense balsams odours and gums that flows from the beautiful tree of life sprung from the root of jesse which is so super excellent that it giveth grace to the meanest and most unworthy hand that will undertake to write thereof neither can it receive any blemish thereby for as a right diamond can lose no wit of his beauty by the black foil underneath it, neither by being placed in the dark, but retains his natural beauty and brightness shining in greater perfection than before, so this most precious diamond—for beauty and riches exceeding all the most precious diamonds and rich jewels of the world—can receive no blemish, nor impeachment, by my unworthy handwriting, but will with the sun retain his own brightness and most glorious lustre, though never so many blind eyes look upon him. Therefore, good madam, to the most perfect eyes of your understanding, I deliver the inestimable treasure of all elected souls, to be perused at convenient times, as also the mirror of your most worthy mind, which may remain in the world many years longer than your honour or myself can live, to be a light unto those that come after, desiring to tread in the narrow path of virtue that leads the way to heaven. In which way, I pray God send your honour long to continue, that your light may so shine before men, that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven, and that I and many others may follow you in the same track. So wishing you in this world all increase of health and honour, and in the world to come life everlasting, I rest. End of part 1